0: This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. So listen, I want to preach to you this morning just a quick word. I want to talk to you about preparing the way of the Lord, okay? So if you have your Bibles, it's going to be on the screen, um, Isaiah chapter uh Uh, Forty verses 3 to 9. Let's just quickly read that. And um, is it on there? Yeah, good. So it says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Would you say prepare the way of the Lord? Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. Now listen, when we're talking about revival, one of the things that we really, really want to cry out for is that the glory of the Lord would be revealed. Amen, Gary, good point, hallelujah, thank you. Jesus, I can cheer myself on, it's okay. But listen... God wants to reveal His glory. The Bible says in the end days, the glory of the Lord will be in all the earth. And so revival, true revival, is the revealing of the glory of the Lord. Come on, amen? That the mountain of the Lord's house will be established in the day. And so God wants revival to take place where we prepare the way of the Lord. Now, we know that this ministry, this scripture, is referring to John the Baptist. We understand that. We know that through scripture, because he is the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. But listen, I I want you to know this, that God wants us to be the voice crying out in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Come on, God is coming back a second time. Amen? Amen. Come on, I believe that. I I don't know when he's going to come back. I'm hoping he doesn't come back for a little bit longer. Like, I'm not one of these people to say, come back, Lord Jesus, right now. I want to live. I, I want to live 90 years. I want to travel the world. I want to do what God's called me to do. Amen. I'm not a fatalist. I want to live. I want to move. I want to see God do miracles. I want to see revival come to the earth. You know that uh, this pastor that's currently in jail, we were talking one day and 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 we've got big plans. He said, Look, when I get out of jail, you and I were gonna go across Asia. And I'm like Alright, he made this comment to me, he said, right now about 3% of Asia is saved. If that number went to 30%, just 30%, half of the world would be saved. Three and a half billion people. So he says, Gary, you just got to get 27% saved. That's what we're looking for, 27%. Prepare the way of the Lord. Okay, look look at uh, it says, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all the flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The voice said, cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass wither, the flower fades, because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass wither and the flowers, flowers fade. But the word of our God stands forever. O Zion, you who bring good tidings, get up into the mountain, the high mountain, O Jerusalem, you who bring good tidings, lift up your voice with strength, lift it up and be not afraid, say to the cities, behold your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and he ar- his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him, and he reckon- his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Uh, C.S. Spurgeon, uh, C-, yeah, C. Spurgeon said this. He said, revival means to live again. To receive again a life which has almost expired. To rekindle into a flame the vital spark which was nearly extinguished. Now, when I talk about this scripture, I, wanted, I want you to see three things this morning. Number one is a divine call. Every one of us should have a divine call. And the divine call is that we are to prepare the way of the Lord. We are to prepare the way of the Lord and to build a highway for God. The Bible says that Paul says this. He says, I am Paul called to be an apostle. In other words, Paul understood his role. He understood the role that he has. Church, you have a role. Do you understand your role? Everyone in this building this morning under the sound of my voice has a role. Now, when Paul said apostle, the interesting thing about that word apostle, in the Greek it means to be sent. That's what it means, a sent one. But when you look at how they contextualized that word, they brought that word, the Romans actually, it was a Greek word, but the Romans brought that word and they made it something that was very unique. In other words, when uh, the Romans went into a A city, a country, and they took over that country. They defeated that country. They took that city. We'll just use a city. Let's say they came into Kingston. Okay, the Romans came in. They conquered Kingston, and they came into Kingston. What they would do, once they had conquered that city, they would send what was called an apostolic team. And that apostolic team, what they would do is they would come in and they would begin to change everything about that city. They would bring in the values, the principles, the attitudes, the behaviors, the structure of what Rome was. So that when a Roman came to that city, they would understand and feel, hey, this feels just like Rome. I mean, the food's the same. The culture's the same, the attitudes are the same, hey, the values and the, the principles, all that is the same. Because Rome had sent an apostolic team to create the Roman culture. Now what's that saying? Is this. Paul said, I'm an apostle. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna bring kingdoms culture into earth. So wherever I go, I'm going to bring the values, the attitudes, the perspectives, the principles of God's kingdom. See, let let me give you an, an, an illustration. This is way off my message, but I felt like the Lord dropped this. Why do we give? Why do we give on Sunday? Why do you give? Just because Cameron says, hey, it's good to give. Be generous. We give. Well, that's partly true. But listen, we give because it's a principle. It's a kingdom principle that when you give, it will come back to you pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's what the Bible says. So when I give, listen, I've, give, I've given, my wife and I, for 32 years, we have never missed a tithe in 32 years. That's kind of my badge of honor that I just kind of, I've never missed a tithe. We've never missed a tithe in 32 years. You'll go figure. And we've given all kinds of money to building programs, even when we didn't have a building. We, get, we, we raised $1.8 million in our church for something that we didn't even have. We just said, hey, we're going to raise some money. We're going to raise $1.8 because we're going to buy some land. Eventually, about a month after, literally, we raised that money, we had it pledged, we found a piece of land for $1.8 million. But we've given all kinds of money. Listen, the reason we've given it, not because we feel we have to, because the kingdom of God has come into our heart. And we now live by kingdom principles. And so everything about us is trying to live according to the culture of heaven. The culture of the Bible. So Paul says, I'm an apostle. My role is, I'm to affect culture. What's your role? What's your role? When we speak about revival, God's looking for a people who will become awakened to the reality that you are more than what you think you are. That you are actually something more than what you are living right now. That when God comes in and speaks into your spirit, all of a sudden now, you can begin to take the kingdom into the culture where you exist. The Bible says the kingdom of God is within you. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy where? In the Holy Ghost. So why do we put an emphasis on the Holy Ghost? Because he wants to put in you righteousness, peace, and joy so that when you go into your work tomorrow, there's a, there's a righteousness that comes into that room. There's a peace that comes into that room. There's a joy that comes into that room. And when you walk in, all of a sudden, the atmosphere changes. Things begin to change. Things begin to happen. Your boss becomes happier. Exactly. Because the kingdom has come with you. Because you are affecting culture. What is going to change Kingston? Obviously it's the Spirit of God. But listen, it's the Spirit of God working in people who are awakened to the reality of what God has called them. That they're awakened to the role that God has called them to. Prepare the way of the Lord. John the Baptist understood his role. His role was that he would decrease, that God would increase. His role is this, saying, look, this is my calling. I am to be a voice, crying out. What is your role? What is your role? The divine call. Now listen, this word prepare is a very unique word. I want you to hear it this morning. It's, it's, it means this. It has two definitions. Well, it has a number, but I, I'm going to drill on two. Number one, it means to turn and face means to turn and face. So if I'm here, I'm looking this way. When it says prepare, it means I'm going to turn and face. The second is, it means to turn from or to turn away from. In other words, when we think about this, number one is the Bible says that really we should turn our face to God. And part of the divine call, part of your role, part of getting into revival and letting God revive you is to prepare your heart. In other words, to turn your heart. To turn and face God. This year, 2018, would you be willing to say, Lord, I'm going to turn my face to you today. I'm going to turn my face to I'm going to make this year a year where every day I'm going to turn my face to you. And the second is that I'm going to turn away from now, I, 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 I try to look up every word in the Bible where it said, turn away, or turn from, or turn. Wherever you saw that word, there's about maybe 30, 40 different words, uh, uh, passages of scripture. Almost everyone, almost. Maybe there was one that wasn't. But almost everyone, when that word was used, it always was turning from sin. So part of the preparation Part of seeing God revive your heart is that we have to turn away from our sin. We just have to. Like, like, I'm I'm not talking perfection here. I'm just saying that maybe you were involved in something or maybe you're doing something that you know is not right, that you just actually, revival means I'm going to turn away. When I prepare my heart, when I'm preparing to meet the Lord, when I'm asking God, Lord, I want to meet you, and I'm hearing His voice, I turn away from that thing that was hindering me. I turn away. Listen to the scripture in Second Chronicles. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn, that's the same word prepare, and turn from their wicked way, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. See, God always, always desires a certain response from his people divine call always requires a response. It always requires, will I prepare? Will I be w- willing? Come on, are you willing to say, Lord, I'm ready, ready to prepare my heart? I'm ready to turn. I'm ready to just say, Lord, I'm going to turn my face to you, and I'm going to turn away from the things that are hindering me. Hey, listen, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're the pastor or you're, you know, the, the, uh, the usher at the back. Every one of us probably needs to turn away from something. Or is it just me? We all need to turn away from something. So this year, just before, before the end of the service, before you walk out of this building this morning, just make a note. I'm going to turn away from that today. I'm going to do less TV. I'm going to do less video games. I know I just stepped on some toes there. It's okay. <laughs> I saw a couple of guys go, video games, what is this guy talking about? Prepare. Prepare. Listen to this scripture, Lamentations 3. It says, let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. Turn back. That's that's the whole preparing. I'm turning my face. I'm saying, Lord, I want to seek your face. Turn back to the Lord. Let us lift our hearts and hands to God in heaven. See, the call of God isn't always wonderful and glamorous, but it's necessary to fulfill the task at hand. The divine call. Prepare. Prepare. Would you say prepare? Prepare. prepare. Turn your face. Turn away. It's, it's a dual action. God always calls us to some form of action. Hey, listen, if we want revival, if we want God to do something significant, are you, does anybody here want God to do something significant in your life this year? Like, is it just the four of us? Like, how many want God to do something significant? Listen, one of the problems, and I've lived a long time, okay? I've, I've served God a long time. One of the problems that I see right now across Christianity, across Christianity, is that there is a, what I would call a cynicism that's in the church. And what I mean by that is, is because you've had moments where you've been crying out to God, and it hasn't happened there hasn't, something hasn't taken place the way you had thought it should be. And so what happens is, a disappointment settles in our heart because we don't understand the next part of what I'm going to share. We want revival, we want God to do something, but sometimes we're not prepared to do what God wants us to do. And then when God begins to do things, we're not really sure that it's actually Him doing the things we're blaming the devil. And so what happens, disappointment sets in, and so, I don't want to dream, I don't want to believe God, I don't want to, you know, I tried, I prayed that once, and, and it never happened. So, you know, I, I can't. I, if, if I stretch out my faith again, and it doesn't happen, see, God isn't real. It's not true. God's just maybe working in you. Listen, I'm traveling the world today for this, re- for this very reason. 20, when I was 22, now I'm, I'm almost 55. When I was 22, I got, God spoke to me that I was going to travel the world. It took 25 years. But now it's happening. Are you prepared to wait 25 years? Let's go on to the next part. Okay. So, a divine call. The second is, listen, a divine process. Watch this. He says this. Let's go back to the verse, if you could put the verses up, okay? We're going to go to verse 4. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. Now listen, here's the second thought. Revival always has a divine process associated with it. Divine process. A divine process. Listen, commitment is the wholehearted and irrevocable surrendering of God of what may never be taken back again. See, when you commit to God, you've got to say, it's yours. I'm not taking it back. When I I said in, in 2000. really, it was literally 2015, 2014, New Year's Eve, my pastor said, what are you saying yes to? And I said, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and say, Gary, what are you saying yes to? And I was like, I'm not really sure. And he said, will you say yes to whatever I ask of you? And I said, yes. (laughs) I'm not sure what I just did. And I'm telling you, there's, there's times where I've wondered, why did I say yes? Why did I say yes? When, I, when I'm about to go to church and the police are waiting for me. I'm texting my wife, she's like, what's going on? <laughs> yes, Lord. I'll do whatever you want. I'll, I'll, I'll go wherever you want me to go. You see, it's, it's a surrendering. It's saying, Lord, I, I'm not going to take back. I, I've committed. If I, I've committed to walk away. I've committed to turn away from that. Lord, I'm going to walk towards you. I'm going to set my face. Divine process. Divine process. Every revival within a person has a process that God wants to do within that person. We don't talk about this a lot. But the reality is, is if you're going to do anything for God, you've got to be willing to go through the process. Number one, it's a filling process. Listen, every valley will be exalted. Some of us, God wants to increase in our lives. You know, I said to my wife just recently, she goes... You know, Gary, it's just amazing what God's doing. And it really is, folks. I'm telling you, I I don't like to talk about it, but it's just amazing, the contacts, the connections. I mean, I've gotten connected to some of the largest churches in Asia. When I go, I'm actually going to Taiwan at the end of the month, and I'm meeting with the, the leader of the full gospel businessmen of all of Taiwan, and he's also, he is the owner of the largest, well, the only Christian TV network in all of Asia. Anybody who, he he is the voice, he decides who goes on his TV programs that goes into all of China. Taiwan, Malaysia, Indonesia, all over Asia, this guy is the number one guy and I'm having lunch with him and he wants to meet me. I telling my wife, you know, she goes, Garrett, it's amazing. And I, I came to this realization. I could not do what I'm doing today ten years ago. I couldn't have done it. Because I wasn't ready. Because I had gaps in my thinking. God had to fill my mind. He had to increase my understanding. He had to give me some insight into revelation and understanding that I didn't have. A lot of us want the blessing of God. We want God to do some things, but are we willing to let God fill us? Are we willing to let God... Listen, I, I want you to know this. This is what the scripture says. It says in 2 Corinthians 8 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that through his poverty you might become rich. In other words, that scripture, if I interpret that scripture, is that if you'll hook into Jesus, He'll give you what you need. He'll supply what you need. What do you need this year for this year to become different than every other year? It can be a filling process. Here's the next part it could be a leveling process. Every mountain shall be made low. Maybe there's a leveling process. Maybe God wants uh, to bring us back to a trust in his sufficiency instead of our own doing. Instead of... A, you know, I'm dealing with a situation right now where there's a guy in um, in, in, a in a country, an Asian country, and, and um, he came before me one day as I was ministering to people and I, I didn't have anything for him. I was like, God, you know, figure this out. Like, I don't have anything. Like... I didn't have anything. He just kind of sat there in front of me, and I'm like, God, I need your help, please. Like, and I had three words. Banks, open doors, export, shipping. I guess that's more than three words, but three thoughts.
1: So I look at him, and
0: I say, I believe the banks' doors are closed, but God's going to open the doors for you, and your product's going to get shipped. Everybody in the room starts crying. He's just looking at me. And so we prayed into that a little bit, you know, prophesied a little bit more. I said, Brett, does that make sense? He goes, Pastor, I've been fasting and praying for um, the last week and a half. He said, I need a word from God. He said, I, I ship $30 million a month in steel and the banks have closed their doors to me. They've, they've actually put foreclosure on me. I was like, oh, Jesus, please help me. <laughs> what have I just done? You know, that guy... From that moment, all hell broke loose. They repossessed his car. They closed his offices. They came in, and he's, he's, he's still in receivership right now. But I've been praying for him, you know? I've been saying, God, bring that word to pass. Jesus, please. And in early December... He texted me and he said, hey, pastor, just so you know, I've got another um, c- court case. Uh, you know, they want to they um, dissolve my company. He said, we're praying for either resolution or we're praying that it'll get uh, pushed to the next day. And he said, oh, by the way, t- second request is, he said, I just got $2.88 million in my bank account. And the police are holding it because they think it's money that's not supposed to be there. But it's actually money that I've earned. And could you pray about that, too? <laughs> So he went to his appointment. They pushed it off till January. I'm believing this week he's going to have breakthrough. But listen, there was, a, there was a, a humbling process that began to take place in this man's life. He turned to me and he said, Pastor, he said, I just want you to know, he said, before I was so dependent on my own knowledge, my own understanding. He said, Now I have nothing. It's just God. I have to lean on God. I'm leaning on God. Now I believe God's going to pull through for that man. Are you hearing me? There, there is a leveling process that may need to pay, take place. Here's a third thing. A straightening process. The crooked places shall be made straight. Isaiah 49.2 says, And He has made my mouth like a sharp sword in the shadow of His hand. He's hidden me and made me a polished shaft. In His quiver He has hidden me. See, there's no substitute. Listen, there's no substitute for God working on our character. Church, we want Revival. We want God to move. But God always has to work on our nature. That's part of God moving. I don't like it. Anybody like that? I don't like it at all. I was sitting this week with uh, one of my accountability partners. He's on my board. and I sat with him and I said, look, I just need to talk to you about something. i got a heart issue here and I'm I'm really having a hard time with it. I want to kill somebody. it's true, it's God's truth so this person's really ticking me off I said I don't know what to do I, I like, and he was very kind he said Gary you know what, you're, you're right there's some things there that you know are definitely not right and he said but knock it off and then he just kind of just put his finger right on my heart and said now you need to let God deal with that I was like no I don't <laughs> just let me have a few moments alone with this person <laughs> I, am I just anybody like that or is it just me okay thank you <laughs> hallelujah. Work, hallelujah but see listen God wants to make the crooked places straight like, look at Remember I said at the moment, he said, the voice crying out, prepare the way of the Lord for a highway. Listen, God is wanting to create a highway in your life where he could travel through, where he could come into your life and begin to walk you through into places you've never gone before situations that have been roadblocks God wants to open the way where it becomes a freeway where you can begin to go and go and accelerate into that's what revival's all about it's it's letting him lord if, if there's things in my life, my thinking that I need to, you know, maybe I think wrong about myself and maybe I think I'm, nobody knows the trouble I've seen and, and I'm not this and I'm, you know, I'm, I, nothing could ever happen. That's a leveling process. God wants to bring you up in your thinking. He wants to lift you up. He wants to get you elevated in your thinking. Some of us, we think too highly of ourselves. We think, hey, I can do anything. I, I'm, I'm awesome. And God says, well, you're not that awesome. Let's bring you down a little bit. Let's kind of humble you a little bit. Right? You need to rely on me. And and some of us are just kind of out of sync in our character, just kind of out of sync in our thinking, out of sync in our behavior. And God says, okay, I just want to, I just want to adjust that. Just this last, you know, I've been off literally for a month. It's been awesome. I've just, I've had some speaking engagements, but not traveling. And so what do I do? I sit around. That's all I'm doing. I'm sitting around, typing, you know, kind of going out for coffees with friends. And and my back has been just kind of out of adjustment. So the last two or three days, like th- this last week and a half, I've been going to the chiropractor and he's like adjusting me, right? And then he adjusts my neck. And, and I'm like why am I, and he goes, I said, it's because I'm shoveling all this snow, he goes, no, you just have, you've been doing nothing It's <laughs> like that's right, I haven't been doing anything he says, you know, it's so cold you can't go out for a walk, <laughs> absolutely he says, Gary you need, to, you need to let, you know, your muscles, you gotta, so this morning I'm up and I'm stretching, trying to stretch the old body, and why, because it's getting crooked <laughs> you gotta straighten it up Isn't this a good message for 2018? (laughs) And listen, God wants to meet us. Listen, God wants to do amazing things. You know, Sheila shared about, you know, behold, I'll do a new thing. God wants to do new things. Look, I'm believing for new things. Come on, you need to believe for new things. Church, you need to believe for new things. Listen, I said to your pastor, I think this next five years is going to be the greatest five years of your church's life. And I actually believe this is the next season where you're going to find a building. That's my heart's cry for you. But listen, you've got to let God straighten you. You've got to let God level you. You've got to let God you know, humble you or level you. Whatever you need. You can't just play church. Leveling process. Straightening process. Here, watch this. The rough places shall be made plain or smooth. Now, no one in this room has any rough places. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Those rough things. Maybe we say things that we shouldn't say. Maybe we do things we shouldn't do. And it's just rough. It's just edges. It's just edgy. You know, you get around the person, oh, Well, you're just a little edgy. Mr. Negativity. Maybe that's the, the smoothing out that God wants to do. You know, listen, the, the scripture talks about what I read in Isaiah 49 where it says, he polishes me like a shaft. And it's the idea, it's the, it's, it's the, it, it's the idea of an arrow. And, and, and so the shaft of an arrow is so important. If that arrow isn't sharp, if it isn't, if it isn't, isn't uh, straight, what happens is when I go to pull my bow back, instead of it going straight, it goes, and kills somebody beside me, a friend. Right? And so the the idea, the inference is that God actually puts his hand on it and he begins to polish it and he begins to make it smooth. Listen, would we allow this year revival to take place an awakening to take place where the Holy Spirit would literally take his hand and begin to come. I'm just going to use you, sweetie. I don't want to mess your hair up. It's so beautiful. But the, the Holy Spirit would begin to pour on you. Put his hand on your life. And all of a sudden, with that would come an awakening to the potential of who you are, who you can be, what God has prepared you, the role that you have. Listen, you're here today. You have a role. You have a purpose. Would you let God... That's my first time. I've got two alarms, so I've I got now 10 minutes left. Okay, so listen. Would you let the Holy Spirit... Just begin to put His hand on your heart, on your life, to say, "Hey, listen. I just need to—I need to lift you up into some thing, ways of thinking. I need to change your thinking a little bit. I, I need to get you to a new place." You know, my wife is now making a transition slowly, and she's she's moving uh, away from some of her pastoral responsibilities so she can travel with me. And and I'm not to pick her uh, pick on her, but her whole thinking is like, "Yeah, what about the finances?" And I'm like, "Honey, don't worry about it. God's good." Because what I'm trying to help her do is she's got to come up in her thinking a little bit. We've talked about it. I'm not embarrassing her. She's got to come up in her thinking. I've been in this journey for five years. I've watched God do it. I've watched God sovereignly meet needs. So my thinking is in a whole different level than she is right now. But I'm saying, honey, come on. You've got to move up. You've got to come up. Come up, come up, come up, come up. Come up! Where do you need to come up? Where do you need to be brought down? Where do you need to be straightened? Where do you need to be smoothed? See, there's a divine process. Every one of us. It doesn't matter who you are. Pastor, divine process on him. Ow, divine process on you. Betty, if Betty's here, divine process. It doesn't matter. Every one of us has to go through the process. Listen, it will be a good message tonight come tonight, okay? It'll be a feel-good message tonight. No, I'm just kidding. Listen, God wants to do something in our church. God wants to do something in our lives. How many here would be honest? How many would would be honest and say, I'm not living where I need to be in terms of my potential? The rest of you are okay? That was kind of a rhetorical question. Every hand should have gone up, okay? I'm just kidding. Like, really, every one of us should say, I, I want to be more. I want to do more for God. I want to be all that I can be. Yeah, well, you've got to get into the process. See, there's a call. Every one of us has the call. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make way for Him. Make way for Him in your life. Would you, would you set your face? Would you turn away? From those things that would hinder you, whatever they are, I don't know what they are. I mean, I know what they are for me. Like, I was just telling Pastor last night, I'm going out to a church, I'm going out to Bethel in, in February. I'm going out for a couple of reasons. Well, I'm going out for a conference, but I'm going out because I go for what is called a sozo appointment. And that's where a one on one kind of counseling thing, and they just kind of work on me. He so said, Why do you do that? I do it every year. Because I I want make I want to make sure that I'm good. Does that make sense? Like it's it's like it's like this in my home. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and Sheila. So Sheila's working on me all the time. You know, she's speaking to me. But but I, I want to meet God too. I want God to speak into my heart. The divine process. Now here's some divine results. Watch this. This is what happens when you get results. When, when you actually let God take you through the process, you get divine revelation. Listen to what it says. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it. In other words, that word revealed is to uncover. That God actually wants to uncover some things in your life. He wants you to begin to see Him. One of the scriptures in verse 9, I think it is, it says, behold your God. How many want to see God in a different way? Church, I'm just going to come back here. I hope this doesn't mess up the mic. Just so I can come back here. Listen, everyone in the backs, five, six sections. Listen, God wants to show himself to you. He wants to reveal himself to you in a new way. Right now, you may have seen him as God, you know, your provider. But he wants to to show you as maybe something like God, your strength. Maybe he wants to show you as God, your healer. Maybe he wants to see uh, the God of restoration. But see, none of that will happen. Only That will happen in his mercy. He'll he'll do it because he's a merciful God. But listen, let's step out of his mercy into his grace where it becomes an enabling all the time. Where our lives are so intertwined. Where our faces are so turned to God. We're so turned to God and turned away from the things that would hinder us that we walk into a level of grace where we walk into a level of revelation where God reveals Himself on a daily basis to us. Are you with me? That God would actually reveal Himself to you. That He would not just be this God that's out there in the universe, but He would actually be the personal God that He is that he would minister and speak to you in a way that would be so profound. You know, when I go to places and I, I, do, like, I do this thing called Hearing God Seminars and I teach people how to hear God and I'm amazed at just, you know, you, go, you, you get them just kind of sit and listen and all of a sudden you see people weeping as they hear God say simple things like, I love you, <laughs> you're awesome. And you think, well, is that that really God? Absolutely it's God. God had the Bible says God has thoughts about you. Why not tap into his thoughts? Listen, he says, behold your God. Your revelation of a personal God. Behold your God. You see, revival, when you're in revival, when God's speaking to you, when you've prepared your heart, when you've let God come into this process where he's processing your life, you begin to see him as a personal God. He begins to reveal himself. Second thing is that he reveals him as a delivering king. Watch. The sovereign Lord comes with power and his arms rules for him. I read the scripture in the Passion Version today. It said something like, um, when, when God's grace is on your life, even your enemies are at peace with you. You see, when you're in revival, I mean, literally, God works for you. God begins to do amazing things for your life. God begins to set connections for you. He begins to open doors. He begins to create ways. He begins to create uh, solutions relationally for you that you could never imagine because you've set your heart. You've, you've turned your face. You've prepared yourself. Revelation. He's a rewarder. Watch. See his rewarders with him and he, his recompense accompanies him. The Bible actually says, listen, that when we come into the, when we prepare our heart, when we get into the process, then we begin to see the reward of God. God is a rewarder. God's a rewarder. And last one. The Bible says that we see him as a revelation of a, of, a, of a pastor, a shepherd. Listen, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers his lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. We see God as a father, as a shepherd, as a, as a carer, as the one who loves our heart. Listen, can you actually know, can you actually believe and, and actually understand that God is your shepherd? That he actually cares about you. Now, a lot of you guys know our story. I mean, five years ago, I made a transition off staff. I was at a good job. I had actually a really good job making a, good, a lot of money. And, and then I left staff and made no money. I mean, I had no money. And I felt like the Lord just said to me, Gary, it's a season of rest. Don't worry, I'll provide for you. I was like, well, okay. What does that mean? My wife would say, like, uh, like you know, you need to make this much money every month. I'd say... I know, honey. God will be with us. He told me He would. You know that every month, every month, I never missed a bill payment. He was gently leading us, step by step, month by month. I mean, I, if I had time, I'd tell you how crazy it was. I mean, literally, I would walk into a month. My wife would say to me at the first of the month, "Gary, do you have anything for the for the month?" "No, uh, no." It's going to chill. God's with us. Within five days, I would have earned enough in those five days for the whole month. I mean, it was so crazy. This, this, is, this is how crazy it was, okay? I, I, I love golf. I don't golf anymore because I travel so much, but I love golf. I, I'm jealous that he golfs all the time, and I don't. And so, um, but on this particular month, I won a membership to Club Link for a whole month. That means I could go to every Club Link course for a whole month. So, I... But I still had to make money to live. In five days, I made enough money that the next 30 days, I golfed twice a day. <laughs> God's truth, right? I was, And one of my friends won the same membership, and the two of us golfed every day. It was awesome. It was just another way of God showing me, Gary, I'm your shepherd. I love you. I will lead you beside still waters. And I will feed you. And even though you think you're walking through the valley of death, I'm with you. I don't know where you're at this morning, church. You might be in that season You might be struggling. You might be saying, hey, 2017 was a terrible year and and 2018, still the same. But I'm here to tell you, listen, if you will prepare your heart, you'll turn. If you'll prepare yourself, you'll turn away from those things. And you'll say, God, whatever it is, whatever the process that you need to do in my heart, whatever that process is, it could be a leveling, I'm going to bring you up in your thinking, it could be a Taking down a little bit, could be a straightening, could be a smoothing. God wants to do something. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.